Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeerdelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only workplace politics podcast. <laughs> I am Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual. And we do have uh, not a lot to get to today, but a, a few different odds and ends to get to. Uh, Cody Fajardo made some interesting uh, comments with a friend of the program, Jamie Nye, on the Green Zone uh, recently as uh, they ran through all the quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, at least it's great to see some other people, you know, pumping up the CFL during the offseason on, like, say, <laughs> other, you know, than, other than the CFL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and um, of course, we are the podcast that appreciates all football at all levels of every mm-hmm. league. And uh, a couple other ones have started up recently. Uh, so we're going to share some thoughts on the USFL and what's going on there. And uh, a ridiculous play we saw in the fan-controlled football league. Not that I actually watched any of those games yet, not to get into that too much yet. But yeah, this play popped up on social media that... Uh, bananas. Just bananas. simply just bananas. One of the weirdest things like yeah, I've ever seen. Like, like I feel like I'm a like just being a, a average, lazy country music morning show host just by saying... Oh, this is a super cool video I'm going to talk about in this audio medium, um, and that like breaks a lot of personal rules. But this was so <laughs> bananas that you absolutely like you need to go look this up. It was that good of a play, like just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna. I have a little bit of a hypothetical story that I want to talk about here for a minute, okay. John. Okay. I love hypotheticals. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, apropos of nothing, I suppose mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, I guess if you know, you know. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's say at your work, okay. there was someone above you. Not necessarily, not like your boss, okay. but like say there was like a, you know, greasier sales position than the <laughs> one you were in that was, you know, highly coveted by many people. Right. Like, and, and in fairness, the the finance manager positions at ENDS Toyota are highly coveted by many people. Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, a guy who had been doing that for a while recently you know, at one point, you know, a few years ago left or, yep. you know, was fired or whatever the case may have been. Okay. And so they bring in this, you know, fairly well-known guy in the industry, in the car sales industry to fill up, you know, to kind of take the place, does a pretty good job, generally known as a good dude. Yep. But someone else in your office is pretty bitter about it. Right. And makes life difficult for said person for a few years. Um, to the point that said greasy sales guy decides then to just, uh, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to move to a dealership in Winnipeg and just be happier <laughs> with my life. You know, maybe do some, you know, do a few deals on the side. Maybe eventually take over for a legend, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. How would hmm. that make you feel if you worked in an office then? Where not only did that happen, but the person who made said greasy sales guy's life very difficult because he didn't get the job in the first place, 
and he eventually did did get that job. I think that would be extremely unfair. I think that would be rewarding somebody who shouldn't be rewarded for their behavior of bullying and uh, I will drop that B word and, and, and things like that. And I think it's a, a bad look for the company. I think it's a bad look for the people that make those decisions. And it's just, it's kind of a bad look all around for, for everybody, especially, especially when let's say that, you know, that, that finance guy normally does, you know, he has some social media presence, but it's all very company oriented normally for the most part, you know, it kind of stays on brand stays with his message, but for one time, he didn't, and it was about essentially this incident. Right. Now, I would say that that would be... <laughs> that would prove the validity of the accusation. Yeah, and I mean, of course, that... there is always two sides to a story, and of course, all of that yeah. for sure, and you know, we will never know all the full details of what happened between you know, these two hypothetical individuals, but, you know, sometimes... When someone, you know, accuses something of something that serious, you, you got to tend to believe them. Well, A, you tend to believe it. And as you just alluded to, when that person, if you go through their entire social media feed, is generally positive, positive, positive. Check out what I'm doing. Um, watch my program. Listen to me. Uh, this is a buy cool my cars, thing. I mean, buy my cars. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Buy my cars. Uh, when you were to go through that hypothetical person's feed and it's generally kind of rated G stuff and then all of a sudden out of nowhere when this other person gets promoted that there's a very spicy, very direct take that doesn't name that person by name, you do think it's true, especially when that person was never named by name and several allies of said person seemingly feel the need to shit all over the person that uh, made the social media post. Yeah. Double Again, side. not really sure why the story came to mind recently. Yeah, yeah, Don't know why, but it's, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing that I guess just <laughs> randomly popped into my head this week. I don't know. It, in, in totally unrelated news to your hypothetical Completely. situation, uh, if you're listening to the radio broadcast for the Riders, they have a new voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. As <clears throat> Michael Ball was named the voice, and... Um, We'll just say this right now. We had Derek Taylor on when he got the job last time around. That that won't be happening this time. 100% that won't be happening this time. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe some feathers are ruffled. Like, So the first thing I, I want to do... It, when I mean, this is actually pretty funny, is that if you remember not the Sergio episode, but of course the one before that, which I believe is the episode where we talked... Or was it the one before that even when Derek Taylor left? It was, it was when, I think we had two full episodes yes. of me campaigning and, and, and tweeting the writers, you up and all of that. Basically kind of like the Drew Dalby thing last time, but kind of more serious than that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> all jokes aside, um, I, I will admit there is a bit of bias when it comes to me talking about the ball situation for many reasons, but the biggest one being... I think we kind of spoke something into existence and <laughs> that being, believe it or not, and like a hand to God, I, I, I can tell you that through all the, the laughing and the joking and the you ups of the riders and stuff, after the application deadline closed, I had a conversation with Craig Reynolds about applying uh, for the writer radio job. And so naturally, when Craig Reynolds, a guy who I respect the hell out of, uh, who 
I've had great chats with and had a great chat with that day. And I explained to him why I didn't actually apply. And I explained to him very honestly where my head was at. Craig assured me that things would be fine and then encouraged me to apply. So I did. Um, unfortunately, I would say due to some politics, largely, uh, it didn't go past that, that I, I spoke to Craig. We can tell you, I can tell you personally that this was not a rider decision. This was a CKRM decision and I respect that, but I was disappointed, frustrated, and a little angry that after having such a positive conversation with Craig, that it never went past that. And and Craig vouched for me, and I know several of our listeners did the same thing. And I, I honestly believe, you know, you guys that listen, that reached out to Craig, that reached out to RM, that reached out to whomever spoke this thing into existence because I, I, I don't want to, for, you know, out of professional courtesy... I don't want to give the deets or, 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 as to the conversation that Craig and I had. It was uh -huh. very positive. It was very good. But one thing he did say, he's like, your name just kept coming up. And I honestly believe that's because of our listeners. That's because of people that like the show, that like us, that, you know, were recommending me. And first off, like from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I, I can't thank you enough that... You know, my dream has always been to do CFL play-by-play -play since I was probably nine years old. And for it to be that close that I had a legitimate, honest conversation with Craig Reynolds was awesome. At the same time, it was incredibly heartbreaking that some uh, internal decisions that, that it, and I don't know where these internal decisions of CKRM came from. I'm, I'm not going to name names, that it, it didn't go past that point. So again... To everybody that listens to this pod, thank you. Uh, Craig, if by some reason you're listening, thank you again for talking. Um, I, I, I know I mentioned the pod, so maybe now he will listen. Uh, but yeah. No, it was, <laughs> right? Because oh, that, that, was, that was the other revealing part. We will re reveal this part of your conversation with Craig was that you brought up my name and he didn't cringe. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually very, uh, very enthusiastic. Like what I said, like I, I always get... Okay, so a great story. I once I interviewed for a job in Winnipeg once, uh, years and years ago, and I brought up my cousin's name. And my cousin had been fired by this program director, and I didn't hear back on on that job. So I was a little fearful when I brought you up. I'm like, is this? Am I repeating my own history here? But uh, <laughs> but no, it, it, it was at at the at the very best I would consider it positive, and at the very worst I would consider it apathy. But um, yeah, you you didn't hurt my chances. Things out of my control hurt my chances, and that's all I'm going to say. I I personally, as I'm sure Michael Ball is not a fan of me and our science disclaimers and 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 my take on things through the pandemic, I am not a fan of his politics. I think if he keeps politics out of it and some of his more controversial opinions I, I I think he can succeed and I hope he does that I hope he does that for the team I hope he does that for CKRM I hope he does that for everybody that listens to the games that just you know bring in a guy that can be there for a while that's not going to stir the pot that's not going to create bullshit you know 
and 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 I'll leave it at that. Um, I am, I I I I haven't listened to him call a game. I haven't, so I I can't object objectively say whether I like him or not. Uh, in that sense, uh, I've listened to him on the Wolf. I think what he does fits the Wolf, and I just hope that he can blend that as he's been telling everybody he's going to, and and let his passion for football shine through. And park the bullshit and park the takes and park comparing our prime minister or saying that our prime minister is Fidel Castro's son. And I will leave it at that. Yeah. Um, of course, the guy who does have a lot of passion for football as well as Cody Fajardo. Uh, we are going to discuss his comments he made to Jamie Nye about also parking the bullshit and uh, being, <laughs> being better for it. It's funny how these things tend to come around this week. I, I just I love <laughs> how somehow out of that, like, kind of raw, kind of, like, political lawyer speak, you still found a transition. Like, kudos to you, Gasson. Well done. Yeah, I mean, I listened to a lot of Split Zone Duo with uh, one Alex Kirshner, who is also a master of it, so um, I guess I I guess I take some notes on that You've front from him. <laughs> You've learned some things. And uh, we'll talk, of course, about spring football currently going on, but as usual before all of that, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company this week, John, uh, what is in the glass? Well, what is in the glass tonight is uh, the official beer of the podcast, that being the Pile of Bones White IPA, but I wanted to take a moment... Uh, I journeyed through Alberta last weekend. I uh, went to Calgary, visit my sister, to Canmore for a night through Drumheller. And I want to talk about... What's that? Did you meet Mike? Who's Mike? Mike from Canmore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy's like... The fictional character of Mike from Canmore would have to be dead by now, right? Like he was pretty old. I was, I was in the middle so. of like the peak Air Force years, right? Right. Yes. Mike <laughs> Canmore. God. Yes. No, I did not meet a Mike from Canmore. I largely spent time in my room. I did meet. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, I we were at the uh, the resort we we're staying at for the night in Canmore. Had an outdoor hot tub, outdoor pool, and I was down there with the boys wearing a bomber toque as always and ran into three other bomber fans that we'd all taken over the hot tub. So that was kind of cool. But um, as I've already talked about all the great things about the pile of bones, white IPA, but I wanted to talk about a couple of the highlight beers. I tried a lot of different beers while I was out there uh, in Calgary. You can't go wrong with anything by 88 brewing. Uh, the wave pool is right up there with the pile of bones, white IPA for me. Uh, and then, actually, one that you tell me you can find here in Saskatoon is uh, Grizzly Paw Brewing. Mm -hmm. First off, the food, holy shit, was it good. Mm -hmm. The food at this at, at this brewery was, uh, was fantastic. What's funny is, like, the last few days, Belton Johnson was there, too. So you guys, like, almost crossed paths. There. Oh, wow. Was, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm sure Belton would have thought the same thing of the, of the food yeah. there. And, and Belton's a food master. Like, mm -hmm. that man... And also a great insurance adjuster, too. I, mu I must say, he did uh, my hail claim. Um, but there was two that really stood out to me from uh, from Grizzly Paw. One being the Evolution IPA. Uh, I compared it. I know you absolutely love Space Cadet IPA from our, our sponsors. But Evolution, very similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, on, you're on fire tonight, guess. I love this. Um, the, the Evolution IPA. Uh, good, straightforward, non-fruity IPA, and then uh, I call this the perfect day-drinking beer, mm. was the Rundlestone Session Ale. I love a good Session Ale because it's got all the flavors and that hot blast to it without being 7%, so uh, 
definitely played that while my sister kicked my ass at Mario Golf. Huh. So those are not in the glass. In fact, they've probably been turned into pee several, at least a week ago. I would uh, hope so. But they're, yeah, if you, you might need to see a doctor if they hadn't at this point. <laughs> maybe, even, maybe even they turned into poop. I don't know how the science of beer and poop works, but uh, try both of those. If you see them around the Rundlestone session, the Evolution IPA. Uh, also, a uh, quick shout out to uh, Big Rock had a hip lake fever uh, lager, which is just kind of a basic lager. But you can definitely get that th- like anywhere here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. <clears throat> and. and I saw that actually at, at Sobey's Liquor, and I'm like, do I do I grab that? I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm here for something hoppy and IPA-y for the podcast. So mm. uh, highly recommend those. Highly recommend if you're in Canmore. Grizzly Paw, the Korean fried chicken, was outstanding. So uh, really good. Uh, and yes, but now it is pee or poop. I don't know the science behind it. Probably, probably. We, we trust we we trust science around here. We just don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know what beer turns into <laughs> when it comes out of my belly. And if you know, feel free to tweet me and explain to me how uh, beer if does beer become pee or poop. Good night, folks. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, you did uh, foreshadow it there a little bit. Um, I was at the Pile of Bones Brewing Company on a Friday afternoon after I got off work, and uh, yeah, they were literally canning a batch of Space Cadet IPA, and uh, Brent handed me a nice four-pack literally right off the line. Uh, The timestamp on the bottom says, yeah, April 22nd, 22, uh, 3.44 in the afternoon. So, Wow. So yeah, I had one that night. It's probably like literally the freshest you could have, and if there's any beer of theirs you want to drink like super fresh, this would be the one, so... So that's one to always make sure you check your timestamps on the bottom of the cans. Yes. I mean, you generally should for beers anyway. Right. Uh, just because, you you know, most stuff you want fresher. If they're, like, bigger, like, heavier, sort of, like, really high percentage sort of stouts and stuff, it really doesn't matter. But sometimes, sometimes you know, there are certain beers that age nicely. Like, yeah. we've talked about on this one, the Red Ale yep. does. And we actually have some in the store right now that is, like, around that sort of six-month mark. And I'm like... Hmm. Ooh, you got to you got to take that. Probably home. buy this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. I, I just looked at the bottom of the of my pile of bones white IPA can, uh, and it was April the fifth. So even coming up I from mean, Saskatoon, that, yeah, that they churned through so much white IPA that I think it would be pretty hard to not find fresh white IPA. <laughs> right, one hundred percent. And even I grabbed it from like the back of the cooler too, because I, I I came into the actual beer cooler because mm-hmm. I was sweaty and I was hot because I am fat and hairy. So uh, yeah. So the least fresh was April the 5th, and today is April the 24th, and it is delicious in my face. Absolutely. So you may have heard the comments this week uh, from one Cody Fajardo. Yes. As he was on uh, the Green Zone in front of the show, Jamie Nye. Yeah. As uh, they've had, you know, great job this week with all of the CFL quarterbacks essentially on throughout the week. So that's, uh, that's great work by them over there. Um, but the interesting one for me was, well, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff that came out from that. But, of course, we are supposed to be mostly a Rider podcast. So if you want to see what the other quarterbacks had to say, uh, of course, uh, check out their audio or you can read versions of it as well. Uh, Three Down Nation has uh, taken most of it and wrote mm-hmm. stories out of it. Um, so you can find that on com or, of course, CJME or CKOM.com as well there as well. Um, so Cody um, sounds like... You know, he did. A little, he sounds like he's done a little bit of self scouting on himself throughout right. the course of the off season. As uh, he's basically said, you know, he needs to learn to block out the noise a little bit. And I think 
it's fair, you know, to say this last season, especially because I mean, year one was very much, you know, honeymoon year for everyone back in 2019 yep. between the writers, Cody Fajardo, the fans, the media, everyone involved because, you know, this was the first legitimate quarterback this team really had since Darian Durant started getting hurt and then was cut. You mean Tino Sinceri wasn't a superstar or <laughs> no. Brett Smith or Seth Daggy or <laughs> I'm trying to no. think of some other just I mean Kerry Joseph came back again. Um <laughs> yeah, that's why you know it's bad. You you draw, you convince a guy who's like 41 to yeah. come out of retirement from his coaching position and all fairness to Kerry Joseph, he was the best quarterback they had that year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 2021 rolls around. You know, the year off obviously doesn't help sort of build off the momentum of 2019 and all that. But things naturally, and I think as we talked about in the past, unsurprisingly did not go as smoothly as expected. Right. Or as hoped, probably, between uh, Cody Fajardo, the team, and the fans and the media. And it's safe to say it got to him at times. And I think... I think that's one of the things we've talked about here as sort of one of the biggest things that maybe stood in his way of not necessarily being a, you know, a bat, being a good quarterback in this league. I think he could have continued on just fine, but sort of taking that next step to being like the truly elite guy. And sidetrack, of course, you know, never believe any player or coach or anyone within any football organization who tells you that they don't read what's said about them or <laughs> listen to what's said about them. They all know it's how yep. you react that sort of, you know, that's what separates it in terms of, you know, when we were talking about professional athletes, they all know what everyone says and writes about them. That's fine. It is what it is. And for Fajardo, it got to him. There's no question about it. And, you know, he took a lot upon himself that maybe he didn't have to because of it. And it sounds like, you know, he's doing some psychology work. He's working on some different things with some different people to try and improve on that this year. And I think that's, you know, that's, you know, I, th- I think that's, you know, that's very self-aware of him to come out and right. say that where he's like, okay, maybe, you know, there's obviously, you know, actual football things that I need to work on, but most importantly, I need to do this so I can get out of my own head and just play football. Which, as as you alluded to, you and I basically said that was his biggest weakness outside of his offensive line. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think you and I were very much... I don't think we put a lot of the blame on Cody last year. And I think anybody that... No, uh, w- I mean, there, there were some odd games where I definitely wrote a little bit more about him. Because I think there right. were some games that you could say it was him. And there were some others that wasn't. And, right. he, and like a good leader, he came out and put it on himself. But maybe he started to believe even his own talk of that too much at times. Well, well, and, and two, I, I think you have to... I think you see it so often in, in pro sports that that guys want to have that everybody against me kind of chip on their shoulder mentality. And I don't think that works for Cody. I I just don't. I think he tried to do that last year. You know, everybody's talking smack and, and, and I know what they're saying about me and this is making me upset and trying to have a chip on his shoulder. I don't think that's, that's, that's Cody just as an outside observer. I think Cody's at his best when he's eating corn dogs, having fun, embracing the fact he's a starting quarterback uh, for the very first time. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool to, to see him come out and really admit that. And I mean, you look at it, he's, he's not pulling punches with, with his expectations for this season. He's already talked about losing Winnipeg back to back, great cups in Saskatchewan, and apparently he's having a baby mid season, which, uh, 
to me, that might be the biggest distraction among all of this. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 good for him because I, I do think he was a little soft when he was criticized last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like him as an athlete is soft, that he can't take a hit, that he can't stand in there. But, you know, I, I look at small things like he, p- blocking everybody with three down nation on, on social media, like that to me shows that he's a guy that's trying to dodge criticism rather than stand up and take it and deflect it and realize, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we, we got, we're going to write the truth. We're going to write articles that sometimes aren't flattering. We're sometimes going to say things that aren't flattering, but when he's doing well, we're going to be the first ones to also praise him. So it's, it's good to see a guy and it's so lacking these days. And I think especially in Saskatchewan where you're the starting quarterback of the riders and you kind of fit the demographic of most of the province in terms of being, you know, Christian and Caucasian and, you know, people can kind of pump your tires a lot and, and put you on a pedestal and you start believing your own ego. And next thing you know, it's, it's rampant. So it's nice to see Cody take a step back and go, okay, maybe I do need to handle this better. Maybe I need to handle the spotlight better. And, you know, obviously he knows what this season is. I mean, for him personally and for the team. So it's it's refreshing to see a guy be candid about things like that and his own weaknesses uh, in an interview like that. With with Let's face it, and you and I both respect the hell out of Jamie Nye for this. Mm-hmm. Jamie Nye is the first guy that – Jamie doesn't pull punches. No. You know, if you're playing like shit, Jamie's going to be the first one to say, you're playing like shit, Right. You're playing great. Jamie's going to be the first guy to say you're you're playing great, right? Like, Jamie is not a raw, raw, raw team guy. So not only to say that I need to handle criticism better, but in a way say it to a guy that probably may have said the most critical things about you takes balls. And I admire Cody for that. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely surprising if there's one thing we've ever, you know, if there's one thing we've known about Cody Fajardo since he came onto the scene here was, you know, he's... Believe him to be truthful when he speaks. Yes, he doesn't. Absolutely. He doesn't come out and you know say what we want to hear or what he thinks we want to hear. Or you know, I mean, he obviously gets some training from the team, but he's not necessarily just coming out here and spewing out the lines that the PR team has told him to say. Right. Like he will try to answer the question given in the best of his ability with as much information as he can, knowing he can't fully answer everything all the time. We understand right. that. So you know, it's not surprising, but it was still it was great to hear that he was great to see that and you know you mentioned it I think you know he needed to understand that because this is a gigantic year not only for the team but for himself yeah because you know we're coming up on a contract here here it's of course the great cup year here in Saskatchewan doesn't quite feel like it yet but regardless there's a lot riding on this year for Cody Fajardo in terms of what the next contract looks like if there even is one I'm not saying he's anywhere near this team moving on from him but I mean if you know, depending on how things go, maybe there's a you know a different bodies brought in next year to push him, or maybe if it goes really well, then he gets a raise and he's the surefire you know starting quarterback again for however long his next contract is. Well, let's face it, Joel, and and, and you just said it too with you know him needing to do well this season. There's probably more like if he's shitting the bed and this team is three and six at Labor Day. You think they're not going to make a move for somebody with a Grey Cup in their backyard? So, yeah, there's more pressure than ever on Cody, and it's nice to see him admit that. 
Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, 2019 went really well. 2021 went, you know, I wouldn't say it was, you know, poor. It wasn't a disaster by any stretch of the imagination, but his, it was. His O-line was terrible. Yes. I mean, we can all admit that. That was, yeah. that was it was a part of it. Yeah. It was a part of it, but some of it was him too. And just yeah. sort of the team in general, there was a bit of a natural step back. As, you know, a lot of young quarterbacks do kind of their second run through the league as a starting quarterback because teams know what to do with you now. Yep. And even if, you know, the offensive scheme changed, Cody is still Cody and he's going to do things the way he does things. And the sign of elite quarterback is either, number one, you don't really have that step back where it's very short term or unnoticeable. Or if you do kind of have that step back year or period of time as the league adjusted to you, it's how do you adjust back? And that's where we're at now with Cody Fajardo is, okay, has he leveled off to the point where, you know, he's a pretty good above average quarterback that you can probably win with? Or is there still that extra gear again where you can consider him an elite MOP candidate? And that's kind of what we're going to find out this year. Right. Uh, I hope that's it. I, I do hope, and uh, here comes a reverse Fraser curse on him. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I think he is a middle-of-the-pack starting quarterback with all the heart and all the leadership skills and all the guts that you want from that guy in that position. Um, I just don't know if he's elite. He's very good, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't put him into the elite tier, but he has so many intangibles that, you know... I, I mean, the only, I just, the only thing I would say in response to that is, what is the elite tier in the CFL right now? I mean, obviously Bo's in there, but even he's admitting if he can't get back to where he was with injuries, he might call it. Michael Riley's retired now. Trevor Harris might be a backup in Montreal. I mean, what is the what is considered elite in the CFL right now? We don't we don't really know. So he might be there by default, even if it doesn't necessarily feel like it based on no, some no, play you're, in the numbers and everything, just because. The CFL quarterback position is very much up in the air across the league right now. No, you are absolutely correct with that, Joel. Like, like I'm just, I'm just so used to saying that and thinking, mm-hmm. okay, there's Michael Riley, there's Bo Levi Mitchell, there's you know Jeremiah Mazzoli at full health. Like, I always kind of thought of those three guys, but you're right. Like, one of them's gone, one of them's injured, and flat out admits he's not quite the same guy, and the other guy's playing for Ottawa now. Right. So <laughs> is it is it Zach Caleros who is one, you know, aggressive cough away from another concussion? Like you're right, it is it is wide open. Like which doesn't excite me for the on field product, I hate no. to admit. Like that so maybe Cody can step up and be that guy. I and I, I hope he can. I, I hope I am reverse Fraser cursing him because uh, like I said, uh, you know, in terms of intangibles, like Cody strikes me as the kind of guy that, and again, I'm I'm not speaking. I've never been in 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 a locker room with him or any of these other guys, and I don't know what what any of them are like. But like, uh-huh. I'd rather just Cody's persona. I'd rather have him on my team than just about anybody in the CFL in terms of a locker room guy. Yeah, that's probably fair. like like. Yeah, like he's he seems like a, a leader. He you and I already talked about how he wore it. He wore his criticism too much. Um he strikes me as the kind of guy that he might be a top 4 quarterback, but he's going to be the kind of guy that you want leading you into battle, and I think that's his biggest intangible, right? So there's, I, there's, I there's a bit of Darian Durant to him. Maybe oh, a little bit of a lighter on the skill. But in terms of, like, the overall will to win, there's some definite, like, Darian Durant in him. 
Well, well, I, I, that is exactly it. If if you need eleven yards in a playoff game and he's mm-hmm. got to run for it, he ain't sliding that last yard and a half. Like he'll take a hit, wisely or not, he'll take a hit to gain that yard and get that first down, like Darian used to. So, I, I like Cody a lot, um, and I hope it is a reverse Fraser curse. I just I don't see him as elite. I see him as very very good. I see him as a Grey Cup winning quarterback. I see him as a Grey Cup MOP potential quarterback. I just don't know if he's a league MOP, but I, I hope I'm wrong. Like he just like he's the kind of guy that you want to see success come to. Mm-hmm. Um, a place he probably would be elite would be the USFL. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. He'd be the best quarterback there by a mile. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we are the podcast that loves all football. And yes. so we watch a lot of other football that maybe, you know, a lot of people in this country don't. Maybe a lot of people in the United States don't, quite frankly. <laughs> and Based on attendance. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the TV, I, with the TV numbers for this week, obviously, are not last. Last week was, was all right. It seemed like, you know, the USFL did okay on TV. Down a little bit from the XFL. But, I mean, yeah. I think there's a little bit of spring. There's various factors for that, regardless. Um, yeah. I will say this. I remember, you know, in 2020 when the XFL 2.0 launched, we talked about it a fair bit because, you know, it was a big conversation around, you know, the CFL and the XFL at the time. Not the merger thing, but the how big of a threat is this because there was actually, you know, a lot of money and hype and a lot that went into that version of the XFL that, you know, it was worth watching and worth talking about beyond just the love of football. And for everything, you know, we can, we can, you know, dump on the XFL for a lot of things and their lack of survival and, you know, all that's fair game. They had an identity. It was interesting in its own way. And it was, it was fun to watch. And we, you know, we, we picked up on that when we watched games and we talked about it on this platform. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen much USFL outside of like, you know, social media because of family obligations, whatnot. Um, right. I, as you know, a, a childless person, <laughs> Had lots of time to watch plenty of USFL over the last couple of weeks. I, I didn't go out of my way and like stream the games you couldn't get on USA or FS1, but I did watch the games that were on Fox and NBC. And I don't see this league as a real threat because, for you know, every the reasons we talked about what was good about the last version of the XFL is everything that this USFL is missing. There's yes. no, there's no, you know, there's a bit of steak, but there's no sizzle. There's nothing super interesting about it. Doesn't have really much of an identity. Like there's a mix sort of of NFL rules, college football rules. They taken the three point convert from the XFL, and they do have a chip in the football, which is great. They actually, yes. I actually saw earlier today they actually prop ter- overturned a call for a first down earlier, which was great to see. Yes. Now, apparently, it screwed up the kicker, so they had to bring in a separate kicking ball for them because that's why they went like three for 10 in the first week or something, apparently, because the chip <laughs> threw off the center weight or something of the ball and made it like it, impossible to interesting. kick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know what? You know, we should all, I would love to ask Sergio mm-hmm. about that and just say like that. Is that small of a chip enough to throw you off? Yeah. So they, yeah, they changed it this weekend. There's only been like two missed kicks or something. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's overall, everything just kind of feels a little flat and I mean, they've tried some things, which I appreciate, and I would love to see, you know, you know, the, the drones are kind of cool, and of course, the, you know, the first down technology is great, and different things, but overall, even like there was the game, the game that was on yesterday, mm-hmm. sorry, on Saturday, 
was fairly interesting back and forth pretty good game the game that i saw on sunday afternoon was blowout not that interesting mm-hmm. but even then it still just kind of felt flat like it was just it felt sort of like preseason football even though it wasn't and i was just like yeah this i mean I'm, i'll probably keep watching when i have the chance but unlike the xfl this this league just wasn't really doing anything for me well and i feel like and, and i think that's a good assessment is uh is flat because especially now since you've fixed my timeline and I've gone back to, you know, chronological tweets, just seems like not like I follow a lot of football people. Yeah. Especially Mina, especially Mina, but uh, it doesn't seem like a lot of football people or casual observers or guys like us are really watching a lot of this. Uh, There's no, I'm not seeing like, like super exciting highlights. I'm not seeing outstanding plays. It just seems to kind of be a thing that exists for no reason and i don't see it making it past next year where the xfl relaunches and has uh, and you and i were talking about this via text where the usfl just it kind of feels like a stopgap mm-hmm. like it just kind of feels like it's there it's and, a thing. Like, and like you know the xfl what they did last time around was a very good job of regionalizing and sending players to places where fans will care about them. Exactly. You know, whether, you know, it actually would have translated and worked long-term, who knows. But I, I regardless, it, it was something beyond just, here's a bunch of random teams with names that, that have cities for some reason right now, even though we're playing all out of Birmingham, Alabama. And, yeah, and I think I think a lot of players kind of picked up on this too. Apparently the salaries aren't as good. And for the most part, you know, listening to some college football podcasts, there's a lot of guys in this league that like hardcore college football people don't even know. Wow. So that says everything you know, need to know about sort of who this league actually managed to get. So I think a lot of people are still, you know, obviously if you're not in the NFL, I think a lot of people are still going to pick the CFL at this point. And there's probably a lot of guys waiting out for the XFL next year. Right. And I, I don't think the barnstorming method works with, uh, with football. And, and I think you need that home crowd. You need that local connection. I am honestly of the belief that if it wasn't for COVID, I think the XFL was still going. It's very possible, yeah. I, I, I they, because you're right. They did things different. They, they, like it had, you said, it had its own. Like it was different enough. Like they tried. You know, they had the kickoff. They had the three point yeah. conversion. They had a lot of different things that separated itself from other brands of football that you could recognize and be like okay, this is this is the only time I'm going to see something like this is in this league. The one that I really loved was being able to still do a forward pass after you've done a forward pass yeah. if you were behind the line of scrimmage. Which was which was awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, it's just those chaotic little things that can happen. Yeah. And I, I honestly think the USFL, if they're around next year, are going to be absolutely buried by the XFL because, again, you have arguably one of the most famous men in the world fronting this thing with tons of cash behind him. Like, we're not talking a bunch of, like, maybe... Like, we're not talking, like, CFL US expansion owners. We're talking, like, Redbird Capital. We're talking billions behind The Rock and the new XFL, right? So I think that's that's almost why, to me, that there's almost no hype for the USFL because it's, like... I know myself, I've been following the XFL rebrand, the hype with that, everything The Rock is doing. To, I mean, we're both 90s WWF kids. If the, if the if The Rock does something, we're going to pay attention, right? So it it just 
seems like it's there and i don't like the fact that they're playing all their games out of one venue with random cities cities attached and, I, I don't and... mind the like if they did studio football but just do studio football go to some high school field with like 500 seats right and do it right don't just you know go into you know 70,000 seat stadiums with 400 people there Right, and, and it looks terrible. Or do what, again, you know me, a big lacrosse guy, do what the PLL does. Mm-hmm. Have every week at a different non-sports market. Like, go into St. Louis for a weekend and have a weekend full of games. And those who, people that don't know, the PLL is professional outdoor lacrosse, and they don't have cities, but they barnstorm. So they, they go, you sell tickets for a weekend, you watch a bunch of really good lacrosse at smaller stadiums and people go out it's a big party you make it an event and the pll has done an outstanding job of that so that's why that barnstorming method works the usfl is absolutely not doing that and that's why the playing out of one city just like it just doesn't it just it's flat you you nailed it like i i honestly joel i see more hype from this fan controlled football league Then I and that's yeah. like arena football. Like I see more height, more highlights, more people talking about that than anybody said a word about the USFL. I mean, call it like embracing the dumb, but like getting Johnny Manziel out for last year, getting Terrell Owens out for this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to like like people will always watch football, but you need some sort of connection. And 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 like you said. When the hardcore college football podcast don't know guys that are playing in the USFL, how the hell are you supposed to embrace these guys, right? And mm-hmm. and I see this as a, as a huge fan of the second best football league in the world that constantly recycles players. Like, I just, yeah, flat is the way to describe it. I haven't seen a lot of it on SportsCenter, on Sportsnet Central. Oh, they wouldn't show any of it, I'm sure. No, they haven't shown a lick of it, but you know they're going to show the XFL, and mm-hmm. the XFL is still doing a better job to me drawing audiences and engagement, despite not having anybody on the field, just, you know, the rock, um, than the USFL is that has that has a product on the field. Yeah, when there is the other league going on right now, you brought them up, and that is the fan-controlled football league. Yes! And, which you can watch on DAZN in Canada, if you have it, by the way. It's also on, you probably can get it on Twitch as well. I know the games, I think, are on there as well. I remember I tried to watch it last year, and the broadcasters were just so over the top and bad that I couldn't do it. Well, <laughs> that was, was essentially... Marshawn Lynch on one of them when he was just, like, high as fuck? Probably. He's one of, he was one of the quote-unquote owners of one of the teams. I don't know if he still is or not, but... Right, like, like the guy, like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm sure everybody that's listened to us has been around somebody that's stoned. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been, listen to Marshawn Lynch try to do color commentary for the fan-controlled football league. That's what somebody who's high sounds like. Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know who these two teams are, but there was a play that happened on the weekend that is just bonkers. So it looks like they're at about the 30-yard line, and the guy starts the, the quarterback for this team, this pink and purple team, jumps and gets hit on the shins. And somehow hits his receiver like wide open. He almost completely flips around and then hits his receiver in the end zone for a touchdown. Receiver's name is Galloway. Yeah. See, I'm I'm looking. You can actually uh if you just pull up fan controlled football on YouTube, uh fun fact, Johnny Manzel and Terrell Owens are on the same team. Hmm. The Zappers. Ah yes. 
That's uh, yeah. Well, well, you were doing the uh, description of the uh, of that just amazing play that looks like a Madden glitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're actually. You know what? They're they're doing a pretty good job on on YouTube of uh, Pat McCaff. They got Pat McCafe breaking them down. You know, for the brand and all. And oh wow, they have more views on most of their videos than the USFL. Oh, for sure. I mean, they are an online like they are. They're more of an online content producer than they are actually like live football production. Yeah, you know, well, like legitimately, like yeah. it looks like like they they got lights, they got like everything's flashing and stuff before games. They're playing on a tiny field. Like it looks like one of my favorite terms. It looks like an electric factory there. So uh, compared to the USFL, which looks like a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. But yes, back to this play because this play is again we are breaking one of the. There is two cardinal rules. In terms of audio-only broadcasting, do not talk about your fantasy football team, or do not talk about your fantasy team, period. Some people we know. And do not talk about a video, but this video is so bananas. We're talking about a play, in fairness. Like, this is a sports play, and this is a sports broadcast. And it it is so (laughs) good. Like, and I allegedly am a play-by-play man, but you are doing a better job describing this than I ever could. Yeah, so I mean that was fun, and that was more interesting than anything we saw in the in the USFL through two weeks. Basically, it was one nice catch I saw on Sunday. That was that was about it. Right, right. And meanwhile, you got a guy that's getting kneecapped, flipping hands halfway through while he's in the air, chucking it up to a man that's wide open, looking like an old school NCAA uh, football glitch you used to see on the internet all the time. <laughs> Another video you sent me way back in the day. So, uh, yeah, it, it, that. It's funny because because you were you you said to me you're like hey try to watch some USFL this weekend before we record, I caught a couple glimpses and I was like meh, I almost want to renew my dis and, and I am cheap like I have a good job but I am still cheap AF, and I almost want to renew my disowned subscription just to see more bananas Johnny Manziel, from the fan controlled football league and I wonder if I pick him to win a championship if I'll finally get that take right. Hey Jacques Cartier, show's over. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.